happening? I am in the Dead Sea, in the land called Israel. <laughs> I knew but it would be an interesting answer. But just for another week, because in the next week, I am going to be in Kansas, in the land of the uh, United States. No. No, I was there 53 years ago. So I, I heard. I was born in Kansas. Dorothy Gale comes from Kansas. So you're supposed to leave Kansas, not go back to Kansas. <laughs> Sorry, I have to follow. I have to follow my heart towards this woman I met. And we're going to have adventures together. Hopefully, we're going to get out of there at some point. <laughs> Excellent. You know, I've got a really good website to check out. There's a new website we just started to work on. Can I? Yeah. <clears throat> it's the handsome holy tribal man dot mystrikingly.com. Now there's not much on there, but what's on there is graphic. You know, you see some pictures and stuff, and then it has some distinctions. And we're still working on it. And maybe you could help us with some experiments or something. If you get inspired. Sounds great. I will. Handsome tribal holy man. Dot my Thank you. Thank you for being in the Dead Sea and then going to Kansas. I think the Dead Sea is probably the only place more dead than Kansas. So. <laughs> Dorothea, hello. Where are you? Hello. <laughs> I'm in Germany in Rheinland-Pfalz, in the Southern Wine Street. Very rural, very green, in the garden of my mom. Uh, wait a minute. This is uh, almost November, and you're yes. outside in a t-shirt in Germany. There's something wrong with that picture. That is something wrong with the climate change, I would say. It is, Whoa. I would say, I don't know, maybe 20 degrees. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, it's really warm. That's probably why they cut off the <laughs> gas lines from Russia. It's because you're just not going to need them. This year. We don't need yeah. it, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, thank you. Thank you. Somebody else who would like to check in a little bit, tell us what's going on. Somebody like Andrea or Katrin. Yes, hello. Hi. I'm, uh, I've been in the swamp for a few days, so this is where I am. And I'm really happy to be here because a big part of my swamp is about not feeling the lack of intimacy that I feel in my life. So I feel joy to be you, in that story. You have tuned in to the right channel because we're in the middle of the book where we are revealing experiments for you to do. So by the end of this session, you'll be so inspired, you'll hardly be able to stay the whole session. You're going to jump out and start doing experiments for intimacy. I am sure. Thank you. Thank you for being there. And you know, it's so, isn't it, isn't it interesting how the swamp 
is a meta country. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are, you can always be in the swamp. Isn't that amazing? You say the swamp and everybody knows exactly where you are. You know, you go, you know it's the swamp. <laughs> in every country you're in, you can find the swamp. God. So you don't have to, anyway. I've been on working on the Nano Nations website today, so <clears throat> I'm, we're, I live in a nomadic Nano Nation, so it's kind of a meta conversation also because I don't actually live on a, on a piece of land that you know, I live in. A, even if we're here in Vietnam, where we are, that we're not actually in Vietnam or in our country inside of this place they call Vietnam. So you can walk outside and get Viet, amazing piles of green vegetables like and chloe we went market to the market today and she puts out this basket and just piles in all these totally different kinds of green vegetables i go what are those she goes they're green <laughs> okay let's see we're going to be doing some experimenting when we come home so <laughs> thank you katrin what about you It resonates the, to be in the swamp somehow. I am. I perceive the pressure from life, and I'm just struggling with staying grounded and. And, and find an adult way to deal with it. I'm, I'm trying. We have a suggestion for an experiment for all of us to try, which has to do with this, the pressure from life. Does anybody ever feel this pressure from life? So there's urgency, there's necessity, there's conditions, you know? There's, there's stuff like that. Uh, and the, it turns out we've been doing re radical research into raw reality. That's R-R-R-R for short, radical research in raw reality. And so what we discovered is reality arrives without any stories attached at all. Zero stories attached. So where do those stories come from? Where do they come from? And it turns out they come from us. And so, and every, and every story has a purpose. And it's so weird how we would choose to have a story with a kind of purpose that creates pressure on ourselves. And so, so the experiment is to write down Every single, you know, you can feel the pressure, follow the pressure back and write down every single source of the pressure and it will be a story. So you write down this story that causes every single little part of the pressure. You know, it could have to do with time, it could have to do with loneliness, it could have to do with being good enough, it could have to do with, you know, connection or intimacy or money or space or the clothes in your closet. I don't know, you could have to do with your dog, it could have to do with so many different things. 
or the neighbor's dog. So, so write down every story, the whole story, not just a couple words, write down the entire story. It has to have the is in the middle, the word is in some form. Is like that. You write down the whole thing and don't judge it, don't criticize it, don't anything with it. You just write it down, all of them. So you could have 20, 30 stories that you're carrying around with you that shapes the world, which is neutral. It's absolutely neutral and shapes it into something that's eating you. You're shaping the world into something that bites your ass or just undermines your, your presence or your credibility or your vulnerability, it undermines you or subjects you to unusual punishment. Whatever your story, and you, you just write them all out and don't do anything. Just notice. It's about noticing your stories that cause that are causing this pressure. So this is a fantastic experiment to. And the only thing you're thinking you know at the end is that those stories do not come from anybody else because you know people. All you guys here have different stories. I don't even know what they are. But anyway, your stories are not my stories. My stories are not your stories. We are the author of our own stories. And it doesn't matter if we copy, like some of us copy the stories of our parents or our teachers or our grandmother or something like that, TV, or we copy those stories. But by copying them, we make them our own. So this experiment is to write, to, to take to actually write down the stories that you're using to shape reality for you for yourself. And these are not these are not fantasy world positive thinking stories. These are these have no power. These for some reason you can think I'm a really good person or I have a bright future or everybody loves me or all these aphorism stories. These are absolutely powerless. In fact, when you put those things on your refrigerator they reinforce the opposite. Did you ever put these little stories, stickers on your mirror, stuff like that, and you read the story and go, I'm a kind person. And you know, what goes on in your mind is like, I'm not a person, I'm a mean, bad, angry, horrible person, and nobody likes me. And actually, so you're reinforcing the opposite of those kind of stories. It just works that way. Good. Yes, Ava, and then Catherine. I muted. Sorry, I muted you, Eva. I, I want to tell a story. I went to the local recycling place today to get rid of some old tires and so on. And then I met on the on the middle of the ground. I met this woman, and she was carrying these wired things, which you can put in the garden to put, you know, the protection over. And I have been looking for this, like. It's so difficult to find exactly this. And I went, she was, you know, going to this metal thing and I was, no, stop, wait, I want those. And she was, yeah, great, take them. My, my husband will be really glad and so on. And, and then I had another guy and he had a bucket. And I said, can I have that bucket? And he said, yeah, no problem. It's broken, but take it. And then this, this sheriff guy with this jacket, you know, this person from this recycling came this is not a bazaar and you don't come here to take stuff. 
And I was, well, that woman, she just gave it to me. Yes, but not on this property. And <laughs> you were like, whoa, okay. So I took the bucket and said bye-bye to that guy and, and, and left. I was finished anyway. And then I was in the garden with this, you know, child ego state of, God, I'm so pissed off. And, and why is the world so nasty that it's, they're stopping the flow of, <laughs> of, you know, she just wanted to give him. It was perfect. It was synchronicity. And what an idiot. And so I was, you know, chopping away in the garden with this rage and totally in this victim story and in this, yeah, also this hurt of having, have to, have to tolerate to be told off by this patriarchal guy. Just, I don't know. Do they make profit or what? from from the trash from the so and then i thought okay wait a minute <laughs> i am in this story and and i'm believing this story that yeah i'm the victim of this guy and then i i just stopped a minute and i thought no actually it it worked like he couldn't stop the flow of um of the gift it it didn't work like the gifts were flowing and so I decided to believe that story and, and celebrate that he hadn't succeeded in stopping the flow of gifts. <laughs> and yeah, that felt like a more empowering story. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, I have another a question. I listened to the thing about commitment and the fact that I am here now is for me part of this kind of new commitment. And even though I have so much on my to-do list, I'm sitting here now and take these two hours. And I perceive that there are many commitments in my life that relate to the old map. I'm not doing them out of my inner will, but I do them because at one point I said yes to them. And it's very interesting for me to recognize the difference between commitments. And I recognize also a voice that is questioning why I am here. Is it a real commitment or is it some kind of um, anchor? Like the, the, the thin thing of a grass I'm holding on that gives me orientation. And at least I, I will have this two hours on Saturday. Um, and yeah, it's like when I'm telling you this, what, what, what are you perceiving? And I'm asking this question to all. It turns out that we're not all going to answer because the purpose of this space is different. And if you would like uh, that kind of support or coaching or team, there are these Telegram groups. Are you in the Telegram group? So the Telegram creation space 
The village, yeah. Creation. Hmm? The village, again? yeah. Creation village. Yeah, the creation village or the EHP space, either one of those would really be perfect spaces to get feedback and have a conversation with people about that. If that is your actual question. And in terms of having doubts about why you are here, or you know, have you chosen, have you, have you chosen, have you made the perfect choice for this moment in your life? It would be useful probably to inspect your commitment to perfection, to making the ultimate, you know, total perfect, perfect choice. Can anybody criticize you about the choice you've made for these two hours of your life? Are you trying to find, you know, a defendable, unattackable, you know, commit, you know, proof that you have made the perfect choice? Because then you cannot be criticized or attacked. You, know, you can't beat yourself up. But that, that all depends on a kind of a commitment to perfectionism, which is a, a, a kind of radical neurosis for your gremlin. It's a, it's a guaranteed source of gremlin food. And actually it's a kind of self, it's a gremlin self-cannibalism, gremlin self-cannibalism. And there's a website we have that's got great information on it about gremlin self-cannibalism. Because whenever you're arranging your world so that the net result is you're, you're wrong or you're bad or you're stupid or you're not good enough or you're imperfect, if, if, that, if you're doing that and you can beat yourself up, you can criticize and judge yourself and, and cripple yourself. If you're arranging to do that, you're actually doing what's called gremlin self-cannibalism. And there's a, there's a uh, team, an experiment to work on. It's really important to do the gremlin transformation work, which that is part of. And so to, to get on that path would be really useful probably. So that would be one, one way to look at it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because it's, you know, it's big for all of us. It's have I made the perfect choice for this, this moment? You know, I will never get these two hours back and, and I have so many things to do. And is this the perfect choice? Well, who's going to decide? And there's, I mean, this book, the building love that lasts is headed in the direction of the archetypal. We're in the extraordinary domain, but we're headed in the direction of the archetypal and in the archetypal domains and even the extraordinary domains, there are forces at work that are, that have, that, that, are in, that influence our lives in, in ways that are, have a vast kind of intelligence that if you look backwards, if you look backwards on your life now, you can see how the dots fit together. Because, oh yes, if I didn't, if for me, example for me, if I did not go bankrupt in California, if I did not go bankrupt, I would not have been able to move to Arizona and get a job as a secretary in a training company. Really, because I was holding my life together until I went completely bankrupt. And then I had to give up. And that's when I finally got my job as a secretary in a training company and started on my actual life plan, you know, to be to work as a trainer in a training company. But so I had to go, I had to be bankrupt for that to happen. I had to go $70,000 in debt on credit cards before that would happen. And so 
you know, you can look backwards and go, I would not have changed it. I would not have, you know, I would, it would have taken me more years before I found out that I'm actually, I'm a medic engineer or a transformational space alchemist. You know, I'm a transformational circle alchemist. So I, it would have taken me years to find that out. And so you, you, everybody, we can look back on our lives and look, look backwards. You can follow the dots and get to where you are. And did you choose those things is the question. Did you make that plan is the question. And the answer is probably not. Probably it seemed coincidental or accidental. And so, so then if you, if you get it that there are these archetypal forces at work in your life because you're on the path, because you're concerned about the evolution of consciousness, because you're on this path, then those forces are at work in your life and you can actually rely on those forces. And it's an interesting shift to make when, you, when, you, when your life makes no sense, when your life is groundless, when you feel powerless, when you feel overwhelmed or you feel off, like nothing, nothing makes sense. When you, feel, when you feel like that and you're radically relying on these bigger forces at work in your life, it's a fantastic, it's a wild sense of, I don't know, the, the, the aliveness of life. It's a, it's a sense of that it, it's worth living, even in these times where it does not make any sense, even when it's groundless. And it's, there's forces that were taking you somewhere. And you might not figure it out for a year or two. I mean, maybe you've had that experience. I've been in a time where over a year or two, I had, I had no rational facts, no backing, no way to back or prove that I was on some kind of useful path. And all of a sudden, afterwards, I'm in a whole new space with a whole new direction, whole new people, and it's fabulous. And so, you know, <laughs> I, I, I suppose there are no guarantees of this stuff, but I'd rather radically rely on archetypal forces and have them take me wherever they take me than letting my ego and my box kind of restrict my life to a controlled little environment where I think I'm in charge and making the decisions and I, and I am blocking the actual forces. You know what I mean? I, so that's just a personal thing with me. And you may have something similar. You may be interested in giving permission to these archetypal forces of nature to work your, your world. And, and then you can, if you look backwards and go, well, those amazing things happened to me and here I am. So those forces are still here. I was not abandoned. I mean, I have this theory that if you lock yourself down into your mother's plan for you to have a partner by the time you're 30 years old or something like this, you know, you should have children and grandchildren for your mother or something like this. If you lock yourself down into that plan, you are not available for those forces to work on you. And so, and so part of the work is to inspect your stories and find out what's, what's behind this tension, what's behind the pressure, what's behind that. And, and then after you have looked at it for a while, you go, well, you, it loses its power. Once you make the stories conscious, they lose their power. That's the point of the exercise that we were describing. So, yeah, so, 
Can I, you know, this, this, go ahead. Yeah? Yeah. In terms of, for me, it's interesting to notice that this is a book about intimacy or relating. And at the same time, Clinton, you're talking about, you know, let the archetypal forces take you on your life journey. And I can't imagine how these two conversation cannot can cannot cohabit. Like they have mm-hmm. to cohabit to to have a conversation about how to have a partner extraordinary intimacy, archetypal intimacy without having this question of what the hell are you here for? You know, what's your mission? What's your job? What's your service? Is crazy. Because how how are you going to find an extraordinary are you going to create, you know, find a partner and create extraordinary relating if you don't know who you are? If you're not, it's not knowing who you are. If you're not doing what you are, if you're not creating what you are. So we were having this coaching yesterday with a couple and, and this woman was putting this stuff on the table and, and it was this and it was this and it was this. And then I, Clinton said at some point, like, I think you're bored and, and you're making problems. You're making problems because you're bored, because you're not being who, what you are. And so, and so then there's all this energy that's available for, that, it, that is actually for creation and invention and adventure and, and taking risk and inviting other people and cavitating space and running game worlds and it's all this energy available. And when it's not actually directed towards that, it needs to be used up. And of course, the primary uh, your primary relationship is a perfect is a perfect space for this energy to be used up in in problems because there's nothing else. There's no and and so I anyway I just I've just been thinking about that for a while that this these experiments or whatever this conversation we're having in parallel is also absolutely this conversation about what what's your non-material value what's your specialty what are you, what kind of game world are you holding space for who are you who's you, who's in your circle you know how many people are you holding space in your circle like all these conversation because because that will make you a being that is nourishing your heart and your soul and then that's what you can offer to your partner you get to offer that to anybody you wish, but especially to your partner. So, yeah. Can you talk more about offering it to your partner? What, how, what do you really? Yeah. Mean? What I mean is, then you get to you you get to be that and to share that. You get to be this radiant, radiantly ecstatic, creative, inventive person. And you get to share that with somebody else. And but how do you mean share it? Well, well, what I mean is often the, I mean the child, the ordinary or the child, the child um, relationship to relationship, the relationship to relating is, I need I need to find my better half. You know, this is what we've told in movie. It's like I need to find somebody who will complete me, and find, and then after that, I will be able to be myself if I find my soulmate. And so we're looking for this person who, if, if I have a partner, finally, I will feel complete or I will feel full or I, and then, and then I can be in service. And, and that's a, it's a completely adolescent relationship to relationship. And 
the part about sharing, it's, I don't know, it's, it's like the, I'm, I'm a self-entertained being. I, I can go anywhere and I'm, I, I'm really glad to be doing what I'm doing, you know, in front of my computer, walking down the street, going shopping. And I get to talk to all these people, but in a way it's like, I'm a self-entertaining being, but to be able to do, to be a self-entertaining being playing around with another self-entertaining being is so much more fun to be able to play around, but I don't need another being to, to play around. It is just so much more fun. It's just extra, extra whipped cream and cherry flavor and maraschino cherries, even if I don't eat them. <laughs> so, but yeah. Mm. Does that answer your question, Clinton? It actually brings up a bunch more questions, but uh, it was excellent uh, for me. Thank you. It was there was it was just this uh, kind of you open two or three doors and I'm so glad that you just go through them even though there's no script. You know, I, I think people could feel it and I think that's where this space. You know, we're we're reading a book. The book's in, in black and white on paper. How's this space supposed to be alive? Well, it's alive because the book is eating us. So, so part of being digested by the book is that new stuff comes out. New, we get squeezed and dragged into other spaces. So thank you for allowing yourself to get dragged into other spaces so we could all benefit. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Well, Somebody else. As, as we... but, I'm just going to throw stuff in then in terms of just yes. opening doors and putting stuff, you know, I don't know why lately I've been feeling like I'm cooking a pot. So I'm throwing ingredients in my, in the pot we're cooking together. And <clears throat> there was this conversation that also came up from this uh, couples coaching that we did yesterday about the, this, I guess it's more of an archetypal conversation, but oh, well, in terms of what the, what a woman is and what a man is. And so archetypally, the woman is this everything. And so everything is connected to everything and, and everything. And, and so there's you know, nothing is working perfectly. And so we have pain about as a woman, you have, we have pain about everything. We're angry about everything. And, and it's all this everything that's happening all the time. And I can imagine that for a man who is archetypally nothing, this whole everythingness is kind of crazy making. It's like, where does all this stuff come from? I mean, it's endless. I can try to fix it. I can try to talk about it. I can try to like listen, but it's it's endless flow of stuff. And the what came up in the in this coaching yesterday was being this nothingness is actually. You don't have to handle the crazy. Like you don't have to 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 in, engage in the everythingness. It's like it's not it's not something to 
handle You're talking to, to the deal men with. right now. Yes, and I'm talking to the men. Right I'm not talking I'm talking okay. to the men. That the men your your job is not to try to entangle the in French we say like those you know those thread put together. I don't know what how you call Scale. it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Bless you. Um, Thank you for your sharing. <laughs> We're glad so, there's a filter. So, so, so look, so, yeah. you, I just want to repeat what you're saying. Yeah. So, like, what you're saying is it's not the man's job to change the everything into nothing in the same way yeah. that it's not the woman's job to make her man into a woman, into a girlfriend. It's not a woman's job to make the man into her girlfriend by making him into everything because he cannot be everything. He's nothing. And it's not the man's job to make the woman into nothing because she's everything. So this, this is an endless, forget it. It's an evil job. You know, it's evil. It's stupid. It's, it's in, inconsequential. I mean, it's just will drive you crazy. So that would, these, are big, these are big hints. And so part of yeah, that's exactly where I was going, and you said it in a way that I didn't, I hadn't figured it out yet. But then what what happens, and for me, it's been something that's been blossoming only lately, is for women to really have women's friend, to have girlfriend, like woman's friend, that you can be everything with another everything, and you have this everything, this everythingness meeting, but and and especially for the women who are here you know, in this conversation, sort of the, really the edge of uh, consciousness and discovery is probably you have some kind of witchiness or sorcerousness or, and so your woman friend need also to be, to meet you there, to meet that part of your being. So it needs to be other witches or sorceresses or healers or, and, but to, so that would be one of the experiment is to start opening the doors and, and that might require really emotional healing processes in terms of how women over 6,000 years have betrayed themselves and competed with each other and betrayed each other and backstab each other and just ongoingly to, to open the doors of the possibility of having women's, women's friend, girlfriend. And, and, and in, the, in the process of opening the doors, to notice that this huge fear or this resentment or this rage or this grief and to go through these processes because without going through the emotional healing process, no way it's, it will happen. Yeah, Clinton. Yeah, I mean, explain I've been talking about this the last couple of days in various circles. And so I'm speaking with regards to that previous conversation, which is that, for example, if a woman is looking for friends, some girlfriends, some, some women friends, and she looks around in, in the world and you see these, these regular women, you know, ordinary women, women who have been programmed to live in the patriarchy, and you, you go, okay, well, I'm supposed to have some women friends, so I'm gonna sacrifice myself. I'm gonna downscale my perceptions, my creations, my questions, my, my directing my attention. I'm gonna, I'm gonna diminish that all this, to go into this ordinariness, this gossipy, 
sleeping world of the ordinary women. And, and then, then I will have some women friends. This is, and Chloe is not saying that. Mm -hmm. What she's saying is to stay full on, to flame on your in full, like the full, she said witchiness, but there's so many other words you could use for that, but be your full power on and find two or three other witches out there in the world somehow, and, and they are your friends. And then when you're in, in the company of ordinary people, the people who are have not disassociated themselves from the thought where they were hammered in, in school or whatever, they have not escaped any of the eight prisons or whatever. When you're with those people, you do not have to diminish yourself at all because you can cavitate the space for yourself and you're inside the space and you're, you, just because you're in the company of another person does not mean you have to adopt or chameleon yourself into their social domain at all, zero. You can completely, so this is an experiment for you to, for to, to do is just keep holding your cavitated personal culture. And if you, and when you wanna connect with another person, male or female, professional or, or personal, beam out this being to being connection from inside of your space into you know, connecting with their being. And you, without diminishing your, the integrity of your sorcery world or creation world or whatever however you want to call the world that you live in you know your personal culture you know you don't have to ever diminish that to make a connection with somebody out there who's not in your culture you do not have to go shrink your culture down to meet their culture you can you can connect without enmeshment you can connect without agreeing and and you don't have to change them you know people around me all the time with all kinds of different opinions. And I just let them have their opinions. I, and, and they say, well, what do you think? And I think you've got strong opinions. And they say, well, what do you think about my opinions? I say, well, you didn't pay me enough to get my opinion about your opinions. So if you really wanna pay me to get my opinions about your opinions, you're going to go in a liquid state. And I don't think you're ready for that. So you know, let's change the conversation because really it's going to be an emotional healing process when somebody asks me what I think about their opinions because I'm a wizard. You know, I'm a memetic engineer. I'm going to take it apart down to every me and it's not going to be comfortable. And it, it's my, one of my professions is my non-material value. And you all have your own non-material value. And so you can hold it that way. You can just go, go through your world creating this, whatever you're creating, be connected full on with even the lady at the grocery store. You know, so Andrea, you know, there are so many people around you, even right here on the screen, you can have, I don't know what, 16, whatever, being to being connections going on right now with these high quality people and just being drinking from it. Like you're feasting on this connection with these people. You can talk to any of them anytime. Is there anybody, is there anybody who's willing to, talk to Andrea at any time there, you know, she calls you up. Would you talk with her and be with her? Is there anybody willing to do that? Andrea, look. I want to clarify which Andrea. Yes. 
the Andrea that this applies to. So if it happens to apply to both Andreas at the same time, then this is <laughs> double shooting. Okay. <laughs> Good. Thank you. I I don't think people I don't think I don't think people use our teams enough. You know, like we don't use each other enough. We get these ideas like, oh, those people are busy or they don't want to hear my problems or blah blah, and we make up this story and then we stay disconnected. And in fact, a connection from one of you to any of the other of you would be a blessing. You know, it's a really a high quality connection compared to most of the other people in our worlds. Most of the other people, they're not here in this space. Well, why not? Well, there's a kind of food in this space that's, I don't know, it's like Chantilly made out of light or something, I don't know, with, with a cherry on top or something like that. It's, this, it's a kind of food that happens in this space that most people, would, it would fry their nervous system. I mean, they would have to try to destroy the space because if they didn't, the space would destroy their box or their world. And so we're in this space because we're being fed by it. And the other people who are not here in this space is because they needed to protect themselves. There's thousands of people who know this space is happening, really thousands. And so the ones who come here are the ones who wanna be fed by it. Well, those are your friends. Those are the people you want to call up, you know, once every two weeks or once a week or something. These people are your friends. Just talk to each other. This is, and I don't think we do that enough. I don't think we respect ourselves and each other enough. And but we could, we could really do that. So I hope, I hope that happens more and more. Eva, you were gonna say something, yeah. Yeah, like regarding this women friendship, I. I have been noticing that I've, when I was in like women's circles and, and I've been in, because I lived in community and so on, I've, I've been in really fine women's circles and I've, I've always had this unease there, which I think it's just, it was just fear because even though also in these communities, there was a lot of consciousness, but still there was this unspoken thing of so if i shine too much i like i will be cut or if i if i if i'm too dangerous here i won't be somehow following this unspoken rule that if we women are together then we're we're kind or nice to each other because i mean this rough thing out there called patriarchy is happening all the time so when we get together then finally here we get to be nice or it's somehow this idea that being feminine is always soft and and somehow this yeah very so, oh, sorry so, somehow this this fake niceness and and that, that that made me not want to go to these spaces anymore and i didn't then i didn't have this distinction of Mm, yeah, that I can cavitate next culture space even even inside those spaces, and what I've what I've noticed now is like last Thursday this this training stopped this Good Girl Busters training stopped, 
or ended. And I was so incredibly nourished by being together with these other sorceresses with the purpose of initiation and getting our rage back and, and just, you know, busting through these fake sugar layers. It was so feeding. And so I, that is somehow like, I can really recommend that just get a bunch of women and do these processes together. It is mm -hmm. so fun and it is so connecting. And, and that is what I want. I, I don't want these other, like, I don't want this fake women come together and then we're all so nice with each other. Bullshit. I don't want that. It's, it's what I'm, and so I'm just adding on to what Ava is saying, which is, a, a, I hope to not repeat what I said before, but I think of the Lord of the Rings movie and Gandalf, and when he, Gandalf is around the ordinary people, what is he really doing? And so he's always got another agenda going on. There's always a meta conversation and a meta purpose going on with Gandalf in a space. He's not, he's, he's not socializing. And if it looks like he's socializing, he's got, he's, he's got, he's out in different dimensions doing, well, this is you, this is us, this is our life. So whenever, you, whenever there's a situation going on that looks ordinary, you do not have to submit yourself to the ordinariness and because nobody will see what else you're doing. You can, there's a great little movie called, called, God, it isn't called God, it's called, it's called Secret Society. It's a great little film called Secret Society. How many people have seen that? Not enough. <laughs> that is a, because it, that is a, it's a really hidden, like, indie, <laughs> really. Yeah, but in a group like this, <laughs> this should say. be neat. It should be tofu and potatoes. This is that film should be around. No, really. How many people could could watch that this week? That, that and you write it in the chat how the name is. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Secret Society. Yeah. You can find it. It's not one of those impossible to find films. It's and it's great. And so this is you. This is your world. Can have. You can be in a space and everybody's kind of trying to be nice to each other and sugar-coated, like Ava said, and, and you're doing something else. You're, you're there with, for multiple other experiment purposes going on at the same time. You're splitting your attention. You're, causing, you're pulling the rug out from under somebody without saying anything. You're spinning your energetic body so that anything that's a hook or a trigger just kind of goes by you. There's so many things that you can be doing at the same time. And this is what Gandalf does. And so it's a map. It's giving us a map. It's not, a, uh, it's not just an exciting story. It's a lot about a map of how, what's possible. Dora. Yeah, wait, I wanted not, to. Wait, no, Dora, you know, I know that, that you didn't know, but, uh, but you're here. And, and if you were not here, this would be me and all these women. So I'm really glad that I have another representative of the nothing. I'm really glad, you know? So thanks for being here. I don't care what you say, just go ahead. Thank you, I, I celebrate this with you. And I wanted to add to that, that 
there, it, it, the, to, I did this experiment of cavitating next to a group of my friends that are totally in modern culture. And it doesn't have to be this like resistance. I, I know it's not your experience, or I'm just saying that like that was my story, I guess. It doesn't have to be this hard resistance thing that like I'm against them or something. It could really be like a smooth like say like it's fun. I, I can navigate and I can like see situation coming and practice and, and it can be end up like an experience that connects us because even though they're like they are more, you know, originating in modern culture, they can support me in some ways. Like they can support stuff. They're not like enemies or they're not like, they're just, they probably didn't have the chances to experience a lot of the stuff that I've gone through. So you can get a lot of supports and team from people that are, you know, not there. So it's fun to do this um, culture to culture or stuff like that. Experience. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. It's so fantastic to ask those people for possibilities. When you have authentic necessity, something happens and they become this space through which these bright principles can work. And you just ask them for something you really want information about. Phyllis, you're nodding your head, so you must have a story to tell or something. But the but these but it's it's like there everybody's a doorway. Everybody around you is a doorway to possibility, their resources for what needs to happen next. That does not mean to give you their money or time or attention because you know they're going to rescue you. Or it's not about collecting people around who are going to send you money by Patreon or some some modern culture contraption like this. This is about as a team, they're party, they're around you for a reason. You're a team. And that if something is necessary, you say, I have this question. And then you open your question, like what are different ways that we could, what are ways that, that this could happen, for example, and you open up the story and, and they will, if you're listening and writing down, especially if you're writing down, they will give you stuff and they won't even know where it comes from. And you just go, thank you. And then you just take off and, and go do the next thing. So thank you. Phyllis, go ahead. Well, it gives, it also gives um, the people around you an opportunity to step into a different space. So by presenting, by asking for possibilities or, or presenting a, a different question. Have you been um, doing that recently? Is that you reminding you of something? I do that when I can. I, yeah, I do that when I... Yeah, I do it when I, when I think about it or when I feel like I have um, an in somewhere. I probably, I... I didn't do it yesterday, actually, now that I think about it. It was a space that I really was not enjoying and I did not do it. And so I, yeah, it's, I do it sometimes and sometimes I don't. But you can I, do I appreciate that question because I will do it next week when I meet with <laughs> these same people if it happens again, yeah. Well, that's what I was trying to say before, would you can use the sensation that I don't like this situation. I, I'm yeah. uncomfortable with what's going on. You can use that as a, as, a, as a reminding factor to check on what your meta purpose is. What, what else, what, other, what could you, what doors could you open that would benefit other people, benefit yourself, benefit others, you know, that that would be, it, but the trigger is, gosh, I'm, 
I don't like this, <laughs> something like that, that sensation. I, I wanted to give an experiment just a, a few minutes ago about this. Clinton, you were saying we're not using enough of this team to be with each other and to uh, nourish each other. And w as a practical thing, I would propose, I would, I would propose in terms of the possibility management community that we start again this weird concept of actually picking up the phone and calling people instead of planning a Zoom call in three weeks where it's like the thing you wanted to share is not relevant at all because you've died 72 times between the time you made the appointment and the time you're meeting the person. And so, you know, there's this great thing on Telegram that tells you that somebody's online. And so the, as a practical experiment for next week could be three times a day or you know, a couple of times a day when you see this green line light for these people who are here, you know, people that you love, you just call them up and say, I, I saw you were online and I was online. And so now we're, you know, in line. I don't know. We're standing in line together. <laughs> standing in Turning line. around the it, post office. We're standing <laughs> in line at the post office together. Can we talk? And and and, and I've been doing that lately, and it's just fantastic. And and things, yeah, so much synchronicity and, and feeding and radiance just happen. So I'm proposing that as an experiment. Sonia Gonzalez, Gonzalez, could you say, you've been, it looks like you're thinking a bunch of stuff. Could you just say something? Yes, I am thinking in a lot, uh, a lot of things. And right now what you brought up and Chloe, uh, I, I was just, I am still in the swamp. And now with the laughter and the joy, I feel like, okay, I'm starting to get my head up, out of it. And I was just contacting people before this study group session and say, are you available for a listening space? And I, I was just thinking right now how, how um, weird it is to, to put things into a frame like when can I call you? When is it okay to to reach out? And it's like I'm putting myself into a lot of prisons, and I'm not reaching people. And today, I I just I asked someone, and I was like, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to ask a bunch of people and see who who is avail available. But now I really want to go into this space of I'm just going to pick up the phone and call. And if they pick up, it's okay. If they don't pick up, I'll call someone else. So, so thank you. I'm just like, <laughs> thank you. So if you had made the call or if you made the call now, what is it that you need to say? I, I want to connect. I want to... I want to have deep, nourishing conversations with someone. Are you available for this? I want to share what's going on in my life. And I want to know about you. What's going on in your life? This is what I want. Please tell us one little thing that's going on in your life. Uh, I, am, uh, I am creating experiments for, for the first time and having fun about it. So I just put, bought four big 
pieces of white paper and I put them on the wall of my bedroom. And I wrote physical body, emotional body, energetic body, and intellectual body. And for the next four weeks, I'm going to experiment on this and see what are what foods do my bodies need? What foods do they want? This is what's going on for now, like small part. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Sonia, I did and I'm still doing the same experiment. So contact me about your researches. Yes, I want to. Thank you. I'm happy. Me too, please. I'm into that right now also. <laughs> Yay. Hey, Isabel, I just posted your, your article to the Jewels of Possibility website. It's just a collection of articles, the one about the school teacher to experimenter. And it, I need a photograph of you, I'm really just a straight non-smiley face, not selfie photo. Could you just send me one, that'd be great. And yes. If, uh, thank you. And if other people, if you guys have other articles that you're really turned on by that you don't see on the Jewels of, Jewel the Possibility website, just tell us and we'll put them up to share them with everybody. You have favorite articles from somebody in the possibility management world, that'd be great. Thank you. And I, I just need to hear Kalista. Will you talk to us for a second? Can you do it on Chloe? Or is she gonna, can I you can only ask shoot? to unmute. I don't know if I can really unmute. There, thank you. Yeah, okay. I'm using a different device. Yes, good morning. Hello. Hi. I go ahead. I was just going to sh share my, uh, when you were asking, I said, tonight I'm wearing, I'm going to be a witch. Tonight I am a witch. And with all full black costume, and I'm looking so forward to it, to let my, that come out. <laughs> I'm gonna, looking, yeah. <sighs> that, that big feeling there, mm -hmm. big feeling that you kind of were holding it in, you know, it's safe enough to let it really come and be seen here. Yes. You know, but it's like, it sounds like somehow you've been holding that part really back or something or hiding it or something. Yes. Okay. Well, Thank I'm glad. You. Yeah. I hope that uh, when you take the black thing off, that you don't take the being part of it off. You know, after you probably are you going to a party or a dinner or something like that? Yes, both. And uh, yes, a dance. Yeah. A dance yeah. So when you take that thing off, don't take don't take that part of yourself off. You know, let it let it wake that part up and then take the 
robe off, but to keep the part of your being alive and, and find what, how other ways you can feed it, other ways to feed it. Right. Yes. Thank you. And if you see, I have a new joy in my life. She's um, uh, 16 weeks. <laughs> okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it always surprises. People have these things in their lives, you know. God, creatures. Okay. All right. Now I'm freaked out. All right. <laughs> Anybody else would like to say something right now? Anybody else try? Did you try any of the first three experiments that we knocked open last week? Anybody try any of those? Yes. I did the shift and uh, was for four days. I shifted to and told everyone I am an experimenter. <laughs> and also in Telegram, I, I, I put my name. I did not Isabel Estal I, I, for a time, then I changed it because some people were confused about it. And I did experimenter Isabel Estal. And after four, like four days, I had really, I was excited about it. And I felt, okay, my gremlin is so turned on by doing experiments. And yeah, and I experiment a lot with my buddies, with my gremlin and my child and like what they need. And what if, if I, I, uh, don't have my gremlin on my leash. What, what if I have my gremlin on my leash? What, like, yes. And then somehow I freaked out. Like it, some, something happened to me that I, that I uh, get into the swamp of, okay, I cannot beat. So I felt a little bit crazy. I, it was like, I'm crazy now. <laughs> and yes, but I have this information from my gremlin now that that he loves doing experiments and he loves to do crazy experiments. And I, gosh, I'm so alive with that. I'm so alive with my with that part of me that, yeah go out on the street and for example, say hello to everyone. Or, and I did like talk with other people and use uh, Andrea and me were making this, um, this conversation, this meta conversation list. And I picked just five of them and asked some people in the, in the plane and talk with them, with them about this. And yeah, it was, it was so funny and, and crazy. Thank you. Thank you. There's a distinction between having your gremlin at your side and feeding your gremlin. It's two different things. And so the gremlin can do things that you cannot, your box cannot do. The gremlin can do things, it will break every rule. It can talk to anybody. And in that way, it can really serve you. 
but if you end, but if but there's this balance between that and actually using experiments as gremlin food, that's not the point. The point is not how your 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 gremlin is a important central agent to being able to do the experiments, but it's not for the gremlin. It's not for the gremlin, it's for you. So the energy needs to go through you, not through your gremlin. I think that's the difference, is that is you're in connection, not your gremlin, but your gremlin can power and create, can be courageous for you. Your, your gremlin can be creative for you. But the, if, as soon as you put the gremlin in front, and the energy starts going through the gremlin, then it's gremlin food. And then it's, it's not gonna feed your being, it's gonna feed your gremlin. You get the difference? Yes. Great, thank, thank you. you. And I want to add that I get this impression doing the good girl busters uh, with Eva that somehow my gremlin is really connected to my box, defending my box. And if I do this experiments, He's more connected to my being and not to my box. So I, I get them out, I get the, my gremlin more out of, of the box. Nice, mm -hmm. nice work. Mm -hmm. It's really great. I'm so glad that you can observe that. You can notice the difference. I'm really happy about that. And thank you for being able to speak about it. It's really powerful stuff. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I am going to shift over to checking out the experiment in the book. So I have to move a couple of things here. There we go. So if everybody could take a deep breath, make sure you have your energetic center on your physical center. Use your intention, find your center, use your intention, move your center, your energetic center to your physical center. And it just, that's, what, that's where its home is. You put it, your center home. Then you take a breath, use your clicker and make a grounding cord between your center and the middle of the earth. So use your clicker. And then at the count of three, you don't have to turn your microphone on, just at the count of three, tell me the color of your grounding cord out loud. One, two, three, orange, orange. yellow. And click your clicker one more time and make your bubble of space. Make sure it's clean bubble of space. Your energy inside, everybody else's energy outside. If you want, you can reach into your bag of things, pull out one of those pearls of your own energy and information, drop it in, comes down, hits your center, pops open. And as it pops open, it cleans the inside of your bubble. It pushes everything out. It shouldn't be there. And only your energy and information is inside your bubble. And then if you want, you can click your clicker one more time and help. And Chloe and I hold this global space around the world that we're meeting in together. And it's a good place to start because this is what's needed to consider being a person who can experiment in the ways that we're be discussing here. So I'm on page 210. And we're in this section about called 27 Experiments for Creating Extraordinary Human Relationship. And we're on experiment number four, which says, repeatedly experiment, 
about not knowing your partner or the person who's standing across from you. It doesn't even have to be your partner, just whoever you're talking to, whatever, even your parents, your neighbors, even no matter how long you've known them, experiment is have no history with them in your story world. So we build up this history. I know who this person is. They always do this. They never do this. All these stories with people. So this experiment number four is, and like drop the stories. And the hints are dwell on no memories. That means do not think about your memories about that person when you're with that person. So it's as if you don't have those stories or memories with them. See them now as if it is the first time you are seeing them. Perhaps even the first time you are seeing another human being. So that's a whole nother level of this experiment. Not only have you never seen this person before, you've never actually encountered a human being before. And so this whole, this whole field of wonder comes awake. This whole awe or curiosity or surprise. Whoa. So make it be the first time you are holding their hand, the first time you're exchanging a word or an idea, the first time you're holding any hand. Okay. The first time you're holding, the first time you're looking in anybody's eyes. This is your, you know, this is your chance, the first time in your life to look in anybody's eyes. There they are. What a wonderfully fulfilling experience it is to hold this incredible person's hand, to look in their eyes, to hear their voice, to, to sense what their life is about. So this is experiment number four, is to start from zero with this person across from you. And Chloe? I have this question because, you know, for somebody who's not been doing the, this experiment for 20, 30, 40, or 50 years, it's like we've collected huge amounts of it is like this or, or conclusions, conclusions, conclusions. but it's like a, a, a man is like this, or they behave like this, or they should behave like this. or I want them to be like this, or um, this feels good. Like when it's like this, then it is right. Or when it's like this, then it is wrong. Or I'm, I'm wrong or they're wrong or, and it just goes, this is just this mountain of, conclusions or judgments or uh, prejudices or projections or so the the proposal you're making is is or the book is making let's blame it on the book yes is a real (laughs) shift of identity to drop all that um so how do you do it the answer to the question how is yes (laughs) Any, hints any, con- <laughs> any further considerations about that is simply the doorway to an emotional healing process. So find out what you're, what you want to cling on to, what you want to hold on to for stability, for protection, for certainty, like all these things. Each one of those things is a doorway for an emotional healing process. Again. None of what anything we're ever offering here, none of it is encouraging you to allow yourself to be abused. 
Okay, so none of that, none of this stuff means let yourself be abused. That's a, it goes from now until page 1000 and the book is only 500 pages long. So, or six or something, but do not let, um, so, so the, and Chloe's question is how do you do that? Okay, it's a, okay. that is the path. If you go to the website called baggage, there's a hundred kinds of baggage that you, you can get rid of that could possibly be in the way of letting go of your resentment toward that person or your stories about that person, your projection. Who will you project on if you don't project on them? You need somebody to project on. And if that you cannot project on them, who are you going to project on? There's so many, I understand your question. It's really a complex thing to do. And the answer to how to do it is yes go ahead and do it. And so that's the experiment is, do you know how to do this? No. Can you do this? Yes. And, My, and so what happens? I have happens. another question. I have another question. What? Have another what? So, so in this, in your proposal, you would even have to notice that you're making such projection or conclusion or, um, you're holding it is like this. okay so so any hints in terms of noticing yes the water you know like the fish in water like it's, it's been the water for all this time how do you even start noticing when you are out of the present and you start thinking you know you yeah you know your partner this experiment that he's doing uh, about putting the maps on the wall. Yeah, Is that Sonia? Yeah. yeah, Sonia. These maps on the wall. It's so, so we have these five bodies, actually. And with a person across from you, all five bodies are having experiences. And so the hint is to go into experiential reality in a small now. And so, I mean, I, I just picked up this little thing on my desk. It's a, an almond. And I... And it's like, okay, I told you a name of it, but if I didn't tell you the name of it, you go, is it an alien spaceship? You know, you can see it's like part of the Mer planet Mercury and the people are really small in Mercury and they drive around in spaceships like this. You know, so it's like, we don't even know what this is. It's, a, it's an egg from, from some creature or there's a crystal inside. Anyway, there, this thing, I can have an original experience of that without boxing it up in a name called, oh yeah, that's an almond. You know, it's just an almond in a shell. You know, so the, the point is go search it and stay in your experiential reality and notice what you're sensing using your physical body, your intellectual body, your emotional body, your energetic body, like particularly what are you seeing, smelling, tasting, hearing, you know, what are you noticing? What, and that, and if you, if you start with not knowing, then you have greater access to your experiential reality. And so that would be part of this experiment is keeping a small now and staying in experiential reality. So there's a website called Minimize Now and there's an, a website called Experiential Reality. And both of those are fabulous ways to do this experiment number four, it gives you access to immediatism. Clinton, 
Yes. In the lab in Poland, in the intimacy lab, you told me about not mixing contexts. I asked you something about mindfulness. And yes. I just want to mention that what you said just now is very related to mindfulness. Thank you for saying that. I feel really glad. <laughs> it's not it's not mindfulness, just so you know. This is not mindfulness, but because it comes from the context of possibility and possibility management. <clears throat> and what Catherine is saying is if you have any questions about having more mindfulness, she is a, a, a big source. She's a well of information. She has access to um, practices of mindfulness. Is that true, Catherine? You can, people, so call her. Just have a great conversation about mindfulness. Thank you. Okay. All right. Experiment number five. Do not remember any pre-existing story that your partner has told you about themselves. You know, we have this whole kind of way that we relate to people is, is an agreement, an unconscious, unspoken agreement that I'm going to remember and believe in the stories that you have told me about you so that so that I can act in a way consistent with your self stories, you know, your stories about yourself. So we make this unspoken agreement to act within the limitations or the demands of the stories that the other person has told us about themselves. And this experiment is to, is to forget all those stories, to break the agreement. Since it's not spoken or written agreement, it's not a formal agreement, you don't have to change a contract, you can simply break the agreement because it's an unconscious agreement. You just decide not to buy into their stories about themselves. And instead, listen to whatever story, instead, listen instead to whatever story they are creating about themselves in that moment and repeat it back to them in that moment, remind you, so that they know you heard their story but this is a story now. It's not about any story they ever told you before. So you repeat it back to them so it completes it. They get that you heard it. Know that the story they're telling you now, no matter what story that is, once it is heard by you, it can completely vanish as if it never existed. You are completing the story they're having now about themselves. And you can repeat it back to them, there's no reason for them to carry that story anymore. It's gone. And as if it never existed, then an entirely new and different story can take its place. So what's amazing about this experiment is you just keep doing this over and over and over again in, in a course of a short period of time and until you reach storylessness, storylessness with a being next to you or across the table from you, storylessness. You know, so many people, uh, like so we're in this apartment, it's been completely empty here in, in Vietnam. And today, two stories down, we walk by, we see shoes in front of the door, some people just moved in here. And what I hear inside is music. 
I can hear it through this closed door. This music is going, it's loud enough, it's out in the hallway. And I can hear their voices, but I, it's so, it's the same level of intensity. So they're running music in the background so that they cannot achieve storylessness with each other. There's got, people oftentimes have the television on in the background as a form of false community, especially in America, people do this. They just turn the TV on in the background, it's going on in the background the whole day, just so people think they're living in a community. It's so bizarre, but it, the noise, that kind of noise fills up this space where you could actually find storylessness in a, in, with somebody else. So if you complete the story, if you forget the stories you had about them in your, you know, in yourself, you forget them, you just let them go, just let them go by. Like a train comes and, you, and goes out of the station, Catherine will say, well, that's mindless mindfulness. You just let the train go by and you don't get on the train, that's true. So, so it's like you let the stories go by, you don't get on the train and you don't, and you complete any story they make up about themselves until they kind of run out of stories. Then you're in this space of storylessness together and the experiment is what happens then? And don't leave that space. See how long you can stay in that space, three seconds, That was just 10 seconds right now. It wasn't, a, it was not, I didn't freeze up on the screen, okay? It wasn't a technical error. <clears throat> I, was, I was letting us have 10 seconds of storylessness. See if you, if you started sweating or got worried about something, you know? So this can really, how long can you tolerate the intensity of, of being? What's it called? The un, 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 unbearable lightness, lightness of being. How long can you endure that? That's what this experiment is really about. So you go to this condition of storylessness and keep breathing. Not, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just breathe normally, but see how long you can stay centered, grounded, and present in this space of storylessness. And see if you, you know, imagine being able to do that for 20 minutes. I know there's part of your brain that would come in and go, I'm wasting my time. I've got my list of all these things I have to do. And I have to just check the things off the list and go, oh my God, I'm sitting here and I'm doing nothing. What would my father say? What would my teacher say? You know, all this stuff will come up but you let it all go by and stay in storyless. This is an experiment. These are great. Any, anything about that experiment? Experiment number five, storylessness. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. What is dawning on me is, uh, what if I practice this experiment of listening the other person story to myself also to not get on the train of my own stories and ride with it and i wonder if it's possible for myself to just listen it whatever comes and give the practice of i've heard myself and let go of it 
It turns out, I mean, you can try this. I mean, please try it. And what, what, what we've been discovering is you actually need a second consciousness, an other, a different consciousness to complete a story. You can't, cannot really do it by yourself. It won't, it won't, it needs you, you say it to another consciousness that hears it and, and then repeats back and then it takes the second consciousness to do it. So you have whatever it is, 16 people here on, you can call anybody at any time and say, look, I'm, I mean, uh, please listen to my story. <laughs> and then please complete my story. And they just repeat it back to you and you go, it's gone, it really works, it's gone. Like that, but it really does take a second. But but do the experiment, okay, Anna Maria? And, uh, yeah, and I would add that the, you know, the purpose of this space is to relate, and so I think we we're really good at discovering experiments with, then we're not involved in relating, and um, that's not really the that's not the purpose. Yeah. Oh, you mean like if she did if she could do it by herself? Yeah. Look, if it was possible to do this stuff by ourselves, we wouldn't, the possibility management would not exist except in a book, all right? We really need to sit in circles, sit in teams, give each other feedback and coaching because, you know, you can solve other people's problems better than your own. And so that's why we do this is because we can't even see our own situation. We really need the team to, to say that's your box, that's your gremlin, you know, that, that's a conclusion, that's a projection. And because we can't do it by ourselves, but if we could do it by ourselves, we wouldn't, we wouldn't meet in circles at all, but we really need each other. So that's great to come in a circle and go, I need you guys. I really need you guys to, to talk to me about what's what do what you see, because I, Everybody else has a box except me. You know, it's easy to see other people's boxes. The most difficult box to see is our own. And so that's really why we need each other. And now this other reason, it takes a second consciousness to complete stories. I, I wanna, and that's, oh, somebody else? Sorry. Yeah, Teresa. go ahead, Teresa. Yeah, um, I also want to add that I experienced, it's also value for me if others share their story with me. Because if I have only my own stories, there's, yeah, there's no, not really value in for me. And if I listen to other stories, there's a lot of value I can get. And it's, it's um, and there's um, gold in the stories that we share with each other. Thank you. Thank you. And I also have an example about yeah, this this collaboration with each other because when I hear my voice in in the recording, I I'm like, oh my god, what is like what kind of voice do I have? But relating to other people, it's more like they they don't judge me, like they're just listening to me, looking and okay, you are like that, and yeah, this other consciousness really helped me to to accept myself where I am. <laughs> nice, thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to throw in, I don't know if it's one of the experiments in the in the 27 experiment, but it has to do with stories, but some not so much stories about 
uh, your partner about themselves, but I discovered also letting my partner tell stories that he said that he has said before that they have said before their stories about their past about mostly about their past that I've heard I've heard before and to just listen to them again as if I've never heard them before and not to say oh I you know you've told me this like 10 times already you know I know this story 10 <laughs> times <laughs> tell me if I told you 10 times that's really bad and okay once or uh, twice is okay but 10 times I don't know you know I'm in trainings a lot with you so <laughs> the stories ah. come back no and it because there's always a new a new part of the story I was like why is this story important again at this point in their life or something like that and so I I used to be really irritated I used to I because I have this memory, I have this great memory. I remember. I said, I know, I know the story, and I, I learned to relax into. I guess it's like being, being with the person. Yeah. Thank you. Really, we're we're ready for experiment number six. <clears throat> Experiment number six is, remember, these are experiments for creating extraordinary human relating. And this experiment number six is make surprises. Surprises do not involve money or gifts. And they also do not involve your gremlin in terms of a gremlin joke or gremlin surprises. So the point is surprises, these kind of surprises do not involve physical objects or props. These kinds of surprises are delightful interactions, theater pieces created through wrapping you and your partner into unexpected qualities of space. Do you get this? So your job is to wrap you and your partner together in these unexpected, surprising spatial, like a spatial circumstance. And it's um, so these are not practical jokes or gags and no one is insulted. No one looks bad. These kind of surprises come from you going nonlinear into a possibility that was invisible just a moment before and did not occur to anyone else but you. And then you bring it into the space as a gift, as a surprise. Learn to shift identity, which means to speak in different accents or take on a wide variety of characters, go sideways into parallel conversations, adopt extraordinary viewpoints and consider staying there and going back there often, not just, so, so most of us struggle to quote unquote, be ourselves. I'm gonna be myself and here's my boundaries. And here's what I want and here's what I need and here's what I don't like and here's what I don't like. And this is this whole 
constructed world that we try to, this is who I am as a person. Okay, right. That gets boring after about three seconds for the other person. So, so this experiment is to try something different, is to, in, is to call into your interaction, your relating, a, a completely different dimension or domain of interacting as if this other thing is going on. And when you, when you bring it in, when you bring this other, like here's an urgency. You know, so our, our little motor scooter has a name. His name is, Phyllis, you're gonna like this. His name is Gooey Duck. So, so, so a Gooey Duck, I mean, what can I say? One time Phyllis went fishing by herself or some uh, with somebody out into the Pacific Ocean when it was low tide and dug into the sand and pulled out some creatures called gooey ducks, which is a weird kind of long neck clam. And she prepared them and we ate them and they were, um, I never even heard of them before. She goes, I'm, I, made, I made you some gooey ducks. This is back in college. Phyllis and I went to college together and she made this gooey ducks for me. And I always remember that. She really, so, so. That was a surprise. So that that was, was a right surprise. Then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, as a demonstration, case in point. Okay. And our, our motor scooter is named Gooey Duck. So I, I tell and Chloe about the story about the Gooey Ducks with Phyllis. And then from now on, every time we're riding our motorcycle through the water, it wants to go back in the water. And because we're in Vietnam, there's, there's huge puddles. I mean, it was so deep, the motorcycle even stopped working. So I had to push, had to, <laughs> it was like this deep in water and I had to push the motorcycle. Anyway, so the gooey duck loves being in the water. Okay, so we have this thing where we're riding on a motorcycle that wants to go back in the water. This is bad news. So we're always in this kind of wrestling contest while we're driving down the road. It's, just, it's a special space where the motorcycle has a different purpose than us because his name is Gooey Duck. It's a water creature. Okay, so it's stuff like that. It's just, uh, and Chloe, you're gonna say something. Well, just some examples. Um, for example, the, um, the possibility of going sh shopping for a woman with a man. And I ended up in a few places where I see couples go shopping and neither of them know how to wrap each other into this amazing experience to that is to try clothes on to put on this whole new identity and for the woman to show up as this completely new thing and the men to appreciate her and to completely be with her and 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 appreciate her and so i mean that's that's one way of wrapping whatever Ourself in in a surprises, let the experience of shopping for new clothes be this uh, nonlinear shift of identity. Who am I becoming? Um, you know, whatever goddess, warrioress, queen, and and the men holding space for that and being. So that's one example, and another example is we were at a at a at a cafe the other day. And I was pretty sick. I got really sick here in, in Vietnam for the first week. And so I was kind of sitting at the table and I was not really feeling well. And the food was taking a long time. And so Clinton decided to go get 
the food in the kitchen and he went to go get the food in the kitchen and walked the whole way from the kitchen to the table like this like with the plate in front of his hands like to, to bring it to me and all the women all the Vietnamese women in the shop were just like they were just amazed you know they're just amazed that they were laughing but it was it was and and instead of you know, me saying, oh, no, you shouldn't do this. Or, you know, I let it happen. I let it, I, I, I entered the play. I entered the theater play of being willing to receive such gifts or something like that. And, but so, and it can be um, being involved in, I mean, some of the surprises I'm, I'm taking from my life is to, there was a waitress we went to a really great restaurant and there was this waitress and we mm, we involved somebody else in our radiant space we had an, a, a radiant space and then there's this thing about a restaurant of this is a nice restaurant it should be a couple thing and it's a personal private space and it's you know and the waitress is a slave anyway of the patriarchy so we don't you know who cares about her and she she almost sat down at our table and and had had dinner with us you know she she stayed kind of a long time and told us about her kid and and the, but there's this element of surprise of who can also this person become in our space of radiance i mean i just examples um and that that's that's also involving another person but we were in it was uh, we were in spain a long long time ago and we were sitting at a cafe and we'd had just this amazing radiant space and this and this waitress comes and she comes singing out she comes singing out onto the courtyard and pouring us our sparkling water and she's singing and she's and she walks back and she has this beautiful dress and and then we go and after a while we go and, and pay and 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 we ask well how, do you often sing like that to your, to your to your customers she said i never i never do this like <laughs> I, i'm sorry you know i never and we were just like no this was fantastic but to um, she's like singing opera yeah like, it was amazing but also, then, also yeah what i just want to say for example as a woman for for a man to hear a woman singing in a house is a delightful thing you know when you hear the woman singing when they cook that means the women are happy woman womanhood is happening and and so to that this is also a surprise and it doesn't have to be i'm singing for you but i'm singing for the space that so, so that that little thing has taken three or four years to evolve where every tiny every tiny hum that comes out of Anne chloe i say i love it when you sing mm -hmm. it's fantastic when you i'm i just bask in your singing and and it it, ha it it was working so amazing that she even took a singing lesson online singing lesson from this guy and and all of a sudden her singing went to this whole new level because she was being appreciated and it was just this fantastic thing now where where she's singing a lot and it's wonderful and i'm thinking oh my gosh she's a singer and she never knew it. You know, she never knew that she was really a singer. Just so that kind of surprise is fantastic. 
And I just wanted to say another one. Just today, this afternoon, it was raining and we're on the motorcycle and we have to get some vegetables. And so there's a market not so far from where we live on the way home. And it was late. It was 12 o'clock and most of the market things are closed. But we found two little stands that were open. And so usually I'm, I'm carrying this stuff, whatever, and, and, I'm, and Chloe's picking out some. And she knew a particular vendor lady. And so I just split off and I went to the next vendor lady. And so, so we start this conversation between these two vendor ladies who are competitors, you know, and they're competing against each other. For who's going to buy the onions? And so I'm going, how did you get onions? How many onions did you get? And then said, no, I didn't get the onions. And then what about the tomatoes? And I, I found this breadfruit and a pineapple. And so it was like the woman couldn't, my woman could not speak English. So her son comes over. And so he's translating stuff for me and his mom, and he's this tall and his mom is this tall. And there, there was this uh, friendly abundance of, we were just buying everything. Like, and Chloe was over there just buying, I want some of this and some of that. And we just kept buying new things. They thought, and so both of them kind of made a bunch of money in an off hours because we were playing around. And not only that, but the, the son, I could, he spoke English well enough, I could give him one of these cards for the start over game. So he, we have a new Vietnamese player now in the start over game. So, and that's, so there was a, this huge win happening just from buying vegetables. <laughs> so, and that's what this experiment is about, yeah? I, I mean, and one part of the experiment is you can make your partner's neurosis a surprise for you and I want to give an example for that is I have this um, neurosis somehow this ability to never put an object in the same place that I found it so it drives Clinton crazy because Wait. <laughs> it used to <laughs> because the hairbrush is never where I you know where he left it because I've moved it or the tooth the toothpaste or the even the knife is and I mean, I mean, another story is I left the knife on the door of the refrigerator. And so Clinton <laughs> opened the door of the refrigerator and the knife fell. Not on Towards the my bare feet. The big <laughs> knife, not the little knife, the big, sharp butcher knife. So, Falls off. Anyway. So stuff like that. But it so and it took a few years for for Clinton. But then now it, it became this thing where it's like, OK, then it's a surprise he can never know where to find the thing. And, and so he has to enter my world of being, where could she has put it? Where, <laughs> what retrace the steps or try to get into my field of, but it, it became a part of our intimacy instead of being this neurotic, uh, you know, I hate Reaction. it when you do this. Yeah. yeah. I hate it when you do this. And so yeah, I get to, I get to practice scanning. She gives me all these opportunities for scanning for the dental floss, you know, scan for the, for the mustard, scan, scan. So, and it's true, it's not a fake thing. It's not really, it's not a fake thing. It's, it's as true as you make it, and I make it totally true for me. So, so it's a challenge, <clears throat> it means, it means there's so many opportunities in our day-to-day -day life for engaging them in a new way or engaging them in a, a way of how can I make, what, what, 
what is the surprise that's wrapped up in this circumstance right now? And how can I maximize the surprise of it? And hmm, did anybody have any comments about that or anything? Sorry. Go ahead. I I have a resonance, but it is not completely related to what you have said just now. But it reminds me on a situation I had this week with a student who was complaining the process of judging his final paper. So I'm in charge of, I needed to tell him it's not good enough and you, we, we need to find a solution. And it is important probably to know that he is um, a man 10 years older than me, at least. And it's, it's some kind of a bad situation. And I, I said something like, well, for me, this situation is very interesting. It's some kind, I, I experienced that for the first time. And his reaction was, well, for me, it is very annoying to sit here with you and to discuss this, this thing. And I guess it is some kind of like culture to culture conversation <laughs> or, and it, yeah, it, it was, yeah, it, it is. Probably it is weird somehow. Could you take the conversation to further levels? You know, you say, you tell me why it's uh, dis dis disgusting. What do you say? And, and you tell us why it's interesting. I'll tell you why it's interesting and I'll tell you why it's disgusting. And those, what about that? Can, did you take, can you just, you take, you know, that was a door. He opens a door. This is, this is annoying for me. Yes. You go excellent excellent talk about what the annoyance is and you and you make this space and then he tells you and you go yeah and that's why this is interesting it's special for me to have a man tell me these kind of details about his inner world this is fascinating i'm i'm so you, you can take it down these levels mm. we didn't do that it was more that i was saying yes i can understand that it is annoying for you Ah, you completed and that it. it. Is, yes, and that it is probably not professional from me to tell you, for me, it is interesting. So I, I lost a little bit my culture. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, very cool. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Anybody else, something else? So these are experiments, these are not rules. These are channels, so these are opening doors. So I'd like to read one more before we exit the space. This is experiment number seven. The experiment is be early. Do not make your partner wait for you. Think ahead and be proactive instead. Learn to move faster than the speed of time, which is very simple to do. 
All you have to do, that means do whatever it takes without rushing to arrive where you are intended to be before the clock gets there. Before the minute hand of the clock gets to the, to the time you're supposed to meet, you get there. So you, you're moving faster than time. You get that? You arrive at where you're supposed to be before the clock does. And then you're moving faster than the speed of time. This is a superpower. Because most of us chase the clock. You know, the clock goes tick, tick. We go, oh my God, I have to go, I have to go, oh, can I do all this with tick? Can I do all this stuff? I'm going to get it all done before tick. Tick, oh shit, oh no, no, like this. We're chasing the clock. Okay, this is a victim situation with time. So many people in modern culture are victims with regards to time. And then they take their victimhood and their stress and they put it on their partner. Like, ah, I couldn't make it. I have to come up with reasons and excuses. And the whole conversation that you're having for the when you is, is about the reasons and excuses. And then, you know, but I was waiting around. I thought you forgot about this, blah, blah. You know, it's a horrible kind of ordinary conversation. It's really ordinary. It's boring. So what you can do is arrive where you're intended to be before the clock gets there. So that means get present. You have a chance to have center grounding cord bubble and presence before your partner even arrives. And then the, what you do in that, these moments is truly enjoy yourself while waiting for your partner to join you. So you're ahead of time. You know, like in the ordinary world, an agreement like this would have to be fair. You know, fair is you both come at the right place at exactly the same time. And then nobody has to wait for anybody else. Okay, that's fair. Okay, but that's completely neurotically insane in terms of, it's like trying to be perfect. It's just a neurotic, insane goal. So instead, intend for it to be unfair. You play an unfair game and you arrive first and you wait and you are so present and centered. I can't tell you how many times I have seen exactly what I needed to see or hear because I arrived earlier than expected. You know, I get there before people expect me to be there. They're not ready, okay? The situation is not ready. I see so much of what's going on in their not ready state that by the time we talk, I already know what's going on. I already know what's, you know, what the, what the problem is. I know what the solution is. I know the whole game, what the gremlin's up to because I arrived three or five minutes early. It's just given to me. So it's such a powerful thing to move faster than the speed of time. But part of it is enjoying your own company, enjoying yourself while waiting for your partner to join you. And so a lot of us have this thing of, well, I don't really love myself or, you know, I can't stand to be with myself or I'm not perfect. So I have to beat myself up. Every time I'm with myself, I, I criticize myself or I judge myself or I blame myself or have these stories going on. It's fucking. And so that's what this voice blaster is for. You know, bang, shoot the voices. You know, you can, you do not have to do the 
gremlin self-cannibalism on yourself. You really, that you can go through that. That does not have to be your life. So you can go to a place where you actually enjoy hanging out with yourself. So how many of you like already enjoy hanging out with yourself? How many of you do whatever you can to not hang out with yourself because you don't like it really? How many people did not answer the question? <laughs> okay. Human beings, we are such a funny thing. We're really this gnarl of conflicting forces. It's, it's um, I'm, the, more, the more I do this work, the more I, I, I think that the, the knots that we tie ourselves in are unnecessary. They're just left over, they're kind of an unnecessary thing. And it's, uh, each one of them I think has the purpose of survival, of trying to protect ourselves or take care of ourselves. And there's an extra experiment in number seven, I guess. The extra experiment is realize that your survival strategy worked. Your survival strategy worked. It was meant for you to make it until you're 18 years old. Because that's when you need to survive is until you're 18. And then you can step into the world with your own responsibility. But before then, you don't really have enough responsibility or consciousness to step in the world and deal with the world as it is. But when you're 18, you can. And so what you can do is realize that everything you did to survive, it worked. And you can just take a deep breath and go, <sighs> survival is over. I did it already. I already survived. Really, you could pat yourself on the back. You can you should do this once a day for about a year. Just pat yourself on the back and go, I survived. I made it. I survived. You did a good job. I made it. Just pat yourself on the back and you just go, good job. And then every time you do that, let one more of those knots go. I have to do it like this. I can't do that. This is not okay. I have to watch out for this. It's all these survival things. Just go, hey, I already survived. It's, it's leftovers. I don't know. It's like you go into a movie theater when they turn the lights on, you know, after the, after the movie is over, you're going, ah, <coughs> you know, and da da da, and the movie's over. Then they turn the lights on. You go, ah, I survived. And what's left is these popcorn boxes. You know, and empty Coke cans and candy wrappers. You know, and that's what's left over. Okay, it's the mess that's left over from survival. Well, what do you do with it? Well, you just sweep it up and put it in the garbage can and that's it. But, but you do have a mess. There is a mess left over after you survive. It's a side effect. It's an after effect. And so the things that you discover, you don't have to carry them on anymore into your adult life because you already survived. Adulthood is not about surviving. Extraordinary relating is not about survival. You're still in this survival mode. You cannot enter extraordinary. You're still stuck in the survival mode. You're not actually present as yourself. 
you're surviving, you're doing whatever it takes to survive. <clears throat> so it's, it's great to let the, keep letting, keep congratulating yourself and letting those artifacts left over from your survival strategy just fall off into the river of time and just go back because you, you already survived. I would just proposing for the last few minutes, if anybody want to ask for emotional healing process in regards to what we've been talking about today and the blocks to any of the experiments. Because if you don't remove the blocks or like Clinton had removed the knots, you, you won't be able to do the experiments. It's, it will, you'll be just thinking about them. The way this works is you just say, yes, I'd like, to, could somebody <clears throat> be with me for an emotional healing process about whatever? <clears throat> and you just make the agreement right here and then you can work out the time later. Mm -hmm. I wanna do the emotional healing process for this story I have um, that I have to do it alone and um, I, that I'm not open for relating. So who would like to help me to do this? Dorothea and, and Phyllis, just write their names down and then connect with them and set up a time. Super. This is how it goes, just like that. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Maria. Anyone else? Anything else? I have a similar story that I have that I want to do it alone. So I'd like to explore that with someone. Who would be willing to explore that with me? I see Callista and Ana Maria. Hmm. Great team. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? It's Christmas time, you know. <clears throat> Get what you ask for. Yes. Uh, I also have the story that I have to be alone because I don't know how to relate. And I'm asking, is someone willing to hold space for me for an EHP, please? I see Katrin and Kinu. Yeah. Thank you. Katrin and Kinu. Anyone else? You know, we have the whole emotional healing process team that's available to us, but, but doing it with these people in this space is really special just because we've, we've been on this journey and we know exactly what the framework was when we're asking for the process. It's just great to do it, processes with people in the study group. I want to mention that Nicole is holding this great AHP dojo on Tuesday evening. Where can people get information about that? She posted in the in the village in the Telegram groups. Great. If anybody's not on the Telegram group for the Creation Village or the other ones, uh, just let us know and we'll get you the links. Mm -hmm. There's also an EHP dojo on Monday morning from Annika. Yay. 
Cool. I'm so glad. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad about these dojos. Okay, would everybody please take a deep breath and we're going to banish this space and clean it out, but take, you know, take whatever you want that you got from this and for experiments or anything else. Have a great week and just uh, really experiment at the edge of the world, in the frontier. Experiment at the frontier. Great. Nice to be with you. Thank you all very much for being Thank here. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.